1: Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. And this is our 213th episode of Talk Direction. And I got some exciting news to share with y'all. Did that- you say the sur- surprise news again to tell me on the air? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you already know this news. I just thought, hey, oh, this is something we oh, could talk oh. about. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. I know what you're saying.
1: No, but you know what? Maybe I will save some surprise news anytime I have some. I I like dropping it on air. Uh, (laughs) I don't have any right now, but um, yeah. So my news that Lucia already knows is that I got Harry Ween tickets, which is very exciting because I tried on the presale and didn't get any. For some reason, something glitched. I was logged in and I put my code in. And it was like, you've got the right code, but the wrong account. But no, I was logged into the correct account for the code that I had. And then it logged me out and it just like, I lost the tickets and I had to get back in line and it was a pain in the butt. But the next day or whatever day that was the regular sale, I ended up getting tickets. So I'm very excited about that. I'm not sure who I'm going with yet, but I have got two tickets to Harryween. So that is some good stuff. You should hold a contest. <laughs> yeah, right. Who gets to go with you to Harry Wayne? <laughs> yeah. Which, which of my family
0: members? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, hold a contest amongst your family.
1: Yeah. I also was able to sell the Nile tickets that I had gotten, which was very exciting because I wasn't oh, sure if great. I'd be able to. So I got my money back for those. So I'm oh, really happy nice. for that.
0: Oh, I have a, not an announcement, but I'm planning to go to Nile's show in Inglewood in LA. If anyone's going... Let what me date know is that? I'll be going alone. It
1: is May 18th. May 18th. I wish he was coming during the summer. Like, then I could, like, if it was in July, I could travel. <clears throat> oh my God, really? I'm just going to miss him. Like, because yeah. I don't have tickets to any of his shows, you know? Right. So such a bummer. It's annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm
0: going. I'm, I haven't gotten a ticket yet, but I'm planning to go.
1: That's so exciting. Yeah. May 18th is a Monday. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I'm still banking on him coming back to the U.S. at some point.
0: Right. Assuming that he is playing and that we're all all still alive
1: by then. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Are you perhaps referencing the coronavirus? Yes, I'm using humor to cope. (laughs) So are you on, like, (laughs) the more cautious end of things?
0: Well... I feel like anytime this stuff happens, I look look to my smart friends and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like I think it's like on the one hand, you know, we're young and healthy, so we're we're pretty safe. We're not Mm going to, you know, we're not going to die. But I think it's really important that we're all careful because people who are older or who are immune, immune compromised um, are at risk. And, you know, if it spreads really wide, it could definitely cause a lot of a lot of death among that population which isn't good yeah so, i feel like even though we're not in danger like logically
1: and realistically and scientifically which i like like that's exactly <laughs> yeah. how we have to approach it <laughs> like, exactly yeah like, like, like i think we don't
0: we don't need to freak out but also we need to take it really seriously because it could be really bad for yeah. for people who are who are susceptible
1: yeah now it's like see, that my thing boss, of like my boss is freaking out she oh, is really? on that other side of things where Mm -hmm. she like she i think she's just very paranoid about things in general and this is like thrown her for a loop so
0: it's a scary time especially with the way that our government's handling it like that's pretty horrifying yes um there's a a ship that just docked in oakland today where a bunch of people um are have tested positive oh god and um, Ben Carson was interviewed. I don't know when this became a political podcast. I'm so sorry,
1: but <laughs> it's always been a political co- podcast, Lucia. Ben
0: Carson was interviewed, and and um, the guy interviewing him was like, was like, uh, but, you know, basically, what's the plan? And he's like, oh, I'm not going to preview the plan right now, but it'll be developed within the next 72 hours. And he was like, the the boats landing or er, arriving tomorrow. And he's like, the plan will be in place by then. Oh he's like, can God. you tell us what it is? He was no. like, I, I don't want to preview it. <laughs> I don't want to give and it's you like, a sneak what? preview. Like, what? How yeah. do you not have a plan? My and now God. it's there. I don't know what's happening. I haven't looked at the latest update, but it is scary.
1: It's scary yes. times. Yeah.
0: And election season is happening. Which adds... I hope
1: everyone's going out and voting right now.
0: Please, for the love of all of us, yeah. vote. <laughs> please vote. It's <laughs> like the most please. important thing you can do right now. Yes. Anyways. But yeah, it's not helpful to be like, Oh, it's not dangerous if you're yeah. young and healthy, you'll be fine. Right. It's like, yeah, but what about people who aren't young right.
1: and healthy? That's that's <laughs> the whole thing about like getting vaccinated or getting the flu shot. It's not yeah. necessarily about you, about whether or not you get the flu or that you're going to get hurt from it. It's about protecting others who either can't get the vaccination or other right. people who if they get the flu, they might die. Exactly. It's the same situation. I'm hoping we get a yeah. vaccine for this this thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so
1: point. get get vaccinated and, and vote, folks. Mm-hmm. V squared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, also, Niall's been on James Corden this week. We're recording on Tuesday, but he's there all week. But I figure we're going to do a recap of all of that. So hold tight and we'll recap the whole week because we'll have carpool karaoke and a whole bunch of other fun things and a bunch of performances. Um, so we'll be talking about that at a later date, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about it.
0: We get Niall's album like this weekend.
1: I know. That's it's crazy. So I'm yeah. like, I'm ready for it. It like I really approached so quickly. Mm hmm. Um, we're going to be talking about that in a bit, but let me remind everyone that we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash talk direction. If you're new here and you haven't heard me do this spiel a hundred times, then let me <laughs> tell you what Patreon <laughs> is. It is a website where you can sponsor us every month with your money. It can be $1, dollars $5, $10, whatever works for you. And in return, we give you a whole bunch of bonus content. So we put Google Docs together to do the shows and we let you access those Google Docs. So we have tons of photos, we have all our notes on them, all that good stuff on the Google Docs, you can access them. We also have an extra little mini episode we do every single time we record. We call it Talk Direction Down Low because the stuff we talk about, we wanna keep on the DL. So it's TDDL and it's a 30 minute episode and we talk about a whole bunch of fun things so last week we did an episode responding to listener comments and we ended up talking a lot more about liam's album a bit about touring um and we kind of are a little bit more honest over there so we did a whole episode about liam's album at one point and now we're responding to comments so if you're interested in any of that go check it out this week we're going to be comparing songs from hs1 to hs2 i um, sort of trying to figure out which album we like better, which songs from each album we like better, and also kind of comparing um, uh, those songs to some of the other boys' songs and additionally breaking up different albums into different <laughs> sides. So you know how Harry's <laughs> album is broken up into side A, B, C, and D. I have pre-broken up Zane's album, Niall's album harry's last album into different sides and i'm gonna force lucia and i to pick which side <laughs> we would keep if we could only pick one side of the album okay it's oh, a little complicated so i don't
0: i don't get to create my own sides i just no, have to pick you
1: don't <gasps> Your <pre-determined laughs> you're stuck one. you're stuck oh. with what i got so it's kind of like a would you rather or if you had to get rid of one type of situation it's gonna be fun and it's gonna create conversation so if you're interested in listening <laughs> to us, try to figure that out. Go over to patreon.com slash talk direction. And honestly, your support means the world to us because we are actually literally going to be able to go to concerts in New York together this summer. We'd love to meet all you guys there, um, but it's because of the Patreon. That's the only reason we're able to have tickets and get a place to stay is because of the Patreon. So it, it, it honestly, it's such a, such a big thing for us. So thank you to all our Patreon supporters over there. All right. Whew, let's hop into the main <laughs> episode, which is kind of a mishmash. I love these mishmashy episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking Louis Setless because he's been touring this week. We're talking Niles GQ interview, Harry on NPR, and his interview with Howard Stern, which we have some... Um, feelings about mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's start with louis tour and setlist. list louis um tour kicked off in barcelona on monday night and it's the first time we got to see what his tour is actually going to look like um we've never seen louis um like do an actual real tour as a solo artist um and of course the setlist is always something very highly anticipated um, have you watched anything, mm-hmm. Lucia, or looked at the set list, just sort of general thoughts? So
0: uh, I did see a picture of the set list um, that I thought was really cute because it had like little breaks for like chat, like he had it all scripted out. Um, did you see that? On no, Twitter, I haven't on seen Twitter? that one. Yeah, someone, um, <laughs> he must have like, you know, thrown it out to someone at the end of the show, um, but it had like the set, the set list on it and then it would say like chat, you know, between the songs where I guess he had like a a little chat with the audience, mm. um, which I love. I didn't watch any of the performances. I'm kind of in a in a dilemma right now, and I don't know what I'll end up doing. So I – especially for Louie's show, just because I feel like it's going to be such a special experience, there's a big part of me that doesn't want to be, like, watching the shows a bunch so that when I get to right. my show, I, like, know exactly what to expect, exactly what it sounds like and looks like. But also, my show's not till July, like, end mm. of July – so I don't know if I can wait that long, really.
1: Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> Plus, like even if you watch it now, you might forget later. Like it's that's a good time point. When you're not going to remember everything.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of trying to figure that out right now. So I haven't I have not watched any of the any of the footage. Mm. I just saw the picture of the set list, and I've seen a couple. I've seen like tweets and stuff about it, but yeah. I haven't I haven't watched any videos yet.
1: I've watched a couple clips like not Mm -hmm. full videos but like you know how those like 30 second 10 second clips go around twitter i've watched some Mm -hmm. of those and holy smokes it looks amazing um and i've seen some of the pictures of the um what the stage looked like so he's doing small venues um so it's kind of looks like a small theater the one that in uh barcelona was it barcelona am i getting confused um
0: i don't know but you said barcelona (laughs) beginning okay <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm not sure where it was I, I want to say Madrid or Barcelona but mm. I think one of those was the first tour spot was canceled but I'm, I think that was in Italy I'm not sure um <laughs> but anyway he has on the back of his stage the X's with the smiley like in bright neon um coloring which looks so cool and before he actually came on there was a curtain similar to Harry's curtain that he had on his first small tour where it had, like, the flowers on it from his cover. Um, Louis has one, but has the X's with the smiley face on it. Um, And then that uh, goes away, and then his band is on stage. Um, But I don't know a ton of details. I know there's um, some, like, Louis personal touches, like, D and 4 on the drum, Another thing that says 28 on one of the things on stage and 28's like Louie's lucky number and DN4 is apparently the postal code for Doncaster. So there's like little touches of Louie like on the stage as well besides just the smiley face. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks pretty cool. Um, let's kind of get into the set list a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read through it and then we can talk about it. So he opened the show with Just Hold On. Then we made it don't let it break your heart drag me down obviously a one direction cover mm-hmm. two of us habit too young perfect now through the dark another one direction cover seven by catfish and the Bottlemen. fearless defenseless beautiful war a kings of leon song always you little black dress one direction walls And then for his encore, he did Only the Brave and Kill My Mind. So, what are your thoughts on this sort of set list right away? I like this set list. Um,
0: I'm glad he has defenseless in there because I feel like at one point he teased that he wasn't putting that Mm. on his set list. But maybe that was a joke on his part. Um, I think the encore is perfect, Only the Brave and then Kill My Mind are great ending songs. Although I do like a three song encore.
1: Yeah, same.
0: Um, I do think these are good choices. Like Only the Brave is like the quiet um, song and then, you know, big banger for the ending. I love that he has covers. Uh, I always love love when artists add covers into their set list. I'm not super familiar with either of these songs. It's kind of fun. Um, and... The One Direction covers I like, but I'm kind of... Oh, this might make people mad at me. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of Drag Me Down. I mm, really? Yeah. Niall I feel like did Louise it as cover- well, right? Niall's done it. Liam's done it. Louis's done it. Um, I, I love the song, but I just... It i want another i like something else i wish he would do something brand new that we hadn't heard before like end of the day Mm. would be great even love you goodbye yeah um i just feel like it would have been fun to have a new one because we've heard all the other ones yeah already i mean through the dark we haven't heard a lot no um so that's exciting yeah i guess it's just drag me down and i'm like okay i've heard that one enough
1: yeah i think the benefit of drag me down what
0: I'm sure other people feel differently.
1: <laughs> um you're probably not alone though. I would say the benefit of drag me down is that it it's such a well-known one. It almost has that what makes you beautiful effect where it's like mm-hmm. it's going to get the crowd going. It's going to be fun. There's going to be sort of that nostalgia where it's like this was a real banger. Everyone knew it. It was really popular. Um but I kind of agree like i would have loved to see no control i think that would have had the same effect and would have been almost more of like an inside joke type thing right Um, strong obviously is one of my faves and i feel like it's a louis song so i would have loved to see that Um, but i think no control is one where it's like it really could have been because that was like his song with the fans Um, yeah i actually i want to know what what listeners think especially if you're big
0: louis people why he's not doing No Control, because yeah. obviously when we first heard he was going solo and doing a tour, we were all like, oh, he's going to cover No Control. It's going right. to be amazing because it's all of our favorite songs. Um And then he still has never covered it and he's obviously not doing it on tour, which seems strange because it's obviously a song that fans associate with him and fans love and it's a good song. Yeah. Um He's also not performing Miss You and does not care about that song anymore.
1: And I that one like, I'm really sad about. I yeah, think out of f- all the songs, that's probably my favorite. And Back mm-hmm. to You. Those are my two favorite Louis songs.
0: So yeah. I'm definitely
1: disappointed. I kind of already knew he wasn't going to do Miss You because he told us. Right. But that's a real bummer.
0: Yeah. So I, I feel like Miss You and No Control have a very similar vibe. They've got mm-hmm. kind of a pop punk vibe. So One theory is that he just isn't into that kind of music right now, and he really wants to just go into this indie rock place. And so Mm -hmm. that's the reason. He's just not vibing with the songs anymore, which is fair. Um, Or it's the content. I think we talked briefly about Miss You, how there's kind of lyrical content in the song about, like, substance use. um, And potentially after, like, recent life events, he's, like, not thrilled about performing a a song like that. Mm Um, and I feel like with no control, there's the loaded gun line, which like especially after the James Corden <laughs> performance, like has very obvious sexual connotations. Mm-hmm. And Louis really steers clear of that in his songs. Like he doesn't seem like he wants to be singing like obviously sexual lyrics. Mm-hmm. So that's my second theory: is that it's like the lyrical content, and he's like not super comfortable mm-hmm. singing uh, "I'm a loaded gun" on a solo tour. <laughs> um which also is fair so those yeah. are my theories but if anyone has theories of their own i'd love to hear and i am really sad we're not getting either of those songs because they're yeah really good yeah
1: maybe he'll change it up at some point which covers he's doing i don't know um i looked it up and it was barcelona on the 9th and madrid on the 10th so that's why i'm getting oh, confused okay. <laughs> um, yeah so he hit both of those places yeah um yeah i don't really know the covers at all and i didn't listen to them so maybe i would recognize the song but i don't know them by title Mm -hmm. um but i'll have to listen to those but it's cool that he's doing covers for sure yeah um it's good to start with just hold on i think that's a great one to start with and kill my mind Mm -hmm. seems like a smart ending yeah um but i I I like walls oh sorry what
0: I was gonna say I like Walls of the last song before the Encore too.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's that's good. Like it, he could have done the Encore like Only the Brave, No Control, Kill My Mind. Like something like yes. that. We're like, you know, throwing out old ones to make it oh, even more intense. I know. That would be um, so but good. He, he did every single song from his new album. So Yeah. That's Just like very... Harry did for his yeah. first tour.
0: Yeah. I'm really glad about that. What do you feel like is your is the song you're most excited to see live
1: um maybe habit through the dark and habit yeah um i think kill my mind will have great energy Mm -hmm. um but from like some of the clips i don't know which songs they were but like there was so much audience interaction it seemed like and just whatever audience that i was watching they were so into it and louis Mm -hmm. was just like letting the audience sing and it was so like sing-along-y and worked so well as like live concert music that's Um, so fun it seemed like they really made the way they played it work for a venue a live venue so i really am excited about that um and even though it's missing some of my favorite songs i think like it's going to still be amazing and I it makes me definitely want to like go back and learn all the lyrics um Mm -hmm. and like make sure I know the songs really really well before I um before I go yeah
0: yeah I think it'll be such a fun audience to be in
1: yeah um and Louis seemed really grateful on Twitter um, yeah that's cool I'm glad he's getting to like experience like his own solo tour right now Mm -hmm. well-deserved yeah
0: sorry my housemates dogs are barking i (laughs) I
1: hear the puppy (laughs) um all right moving into niall's gq interview um i included a ton of pictures on the google doc so if you are patreon supporter go check them out um niall looked pretty fresh he's got a new Mm -hmm. hairdo um he's all fashioned up Uh, my favorite outfit of his is his the one in the converse he's wearing like a striped t-shirt with a flannel over and i Mm -hmm. love the combination of pattern on pattern and he's got black um, converse which kind of mimic the stripe of the t-shirt or the the long sleeve striped shirt um i think it's probably my favorite look do you have a favorite look of these outfits lucia um it's really hard to say
0: i love the denim shirt yes look with the white tank underneath and the jeans yeah Uh, yeah that would probably be my favorite
1: yeah denim on denim Canadian tuxedo Mm -hmm. right here Mm -hmm. he's looking cool Um, so I didn't pull out that many quotes from um, the um, from the interview Um, but Lucia may add stuff I'm not sure (laughs) i felt like a lot of it was stuff like we kind of already discussed um so i figured why not why rehash it um Mm. and just like more go into depth on the things that were kind of new so let me read the first one um heartbreak weather is a concept album like the story of a breakup line did you add this no no Oh, I guess I put this in there. <laughs> I thought I'd taken something out <laughs> and then I am reading it. I'm like, I guess I put it in there. Okay. Heartbreak Weather <laughs> is a concept album. Like, quote, like the storyline of, ba- of a breakup. Um, a structure that affords him. This is like the interviewer talking. A structure that affords him flexibility when it comes to each song's tone. He says it follows a relationship from its beginning through to its ultimate failure. Quote, so I've got the really sad ones that are very poor me then there are what I like to call the egotistical ones because there are nights when you go through a breakup when you just wanna go out with your friends and wreck the place. Um, So he talked about this here. He talked a little bit about it on James Corden's show um, where he kind of started the album with the, or like the concept of the album with the words Heartbreak Weather. Like it kind of just started with the words and he went from there because he was feeling really down and out about a breakup but didn't wanna make a an album that was all sad songs so he's like okay how do i make it work um and like make a breakup album that's not all super sad songs about like feeling down on yourself so he's like okay heartbreak weather i can look at the breakup from the other person's perspective i can look at like the anger i can look at like sort of the wanting to go out and blow off steam i can look at all these different sort of angles of what a breakup's like um that's where he got uh, the concept of his album from, and he he started sort of with the words heartbreak weather, which I find really interesting because, um, I feel like you might think someone sort of gets the songs and then is like, Okay, what title ties this together, and it kind of was yeah. the opposite way for Niall, so super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. did you have thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I love the I love this concept album idea. I think it's really really fun, and then. I like what he was talking about, how like it basically he can write from all these different kind of perspectives um, and moods. So it doesn't have to just be like a breakup album full of sad songs. Um, And I love, yeah, the concept of like heartbreak weather, like the seasons of the seasons of love. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think it's a really good idea. Um, And it is interesting that he kind of came up with that first it'll be really interesting to actually get the album and obviously we'll like delve into this all all a lot more when we do the album review which is gonna be our next episode
1: i can already see us like labeling what each song is for like stage of a relationship or stage of a breakup i feel like i feel like we should separate the songs into like seasons yes it's heartbreak weather that would be so smart
0: so like the album sides it can be like spring
1: Summer, fall, winter. Yeah, or like rainy season. (laughs) (laughs) um, Allergy season. (laughs) Allergy season. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, super interesting. It makes me very excited to get this album. Mm -hmm. Um, Another quote from Nile Young women drive culture. You see their power everywhere. I've always said that if you can get a woman to play golf, then the sport will take off like never before. It's like a sleeping giant. So he was just sort of talking about his role in the golfing industry and how enthusiastic he is about getting women um, to like try golf and also just uplift the women who are already in golf, Um, which we we already have talked about before. But I really just like this quote, um, young women drive culture. It's very true.
0: I do find it really funny the way he phrased this. This definitely isn't what he meant at all. But the way he phrased it it makes it sound like a woman has never picked up a golf club before. <laughs> if you can get a woman to play golf, it'll take off like never before.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's not probably what he meant. But see that's something where out of context, like someone twists someone else's words. It's like I've said sexist. A woman if you can get a woman to play
0: golf. Like, like no woman has ever played
1: golf. Yeah.
0: But that's not what he meant. He meant no. like uh, if if women, you know, want to make it popular,
1: they can. Yeah that's right um also this is unrelated okay do you have anything about gq
0: um nothing else that i won't include on the album review episode
1: okay um another random thing is that Nile covered lover by taylor swift on spotify with fletcher who's opening for niall for his tour um and they did the cover of lover what did you think of it lucia Oh, I wanna do
0: a whole episode on this cover. <laughs> I'm not even joking.
1: <laughs> Why do you love it so much?
0: It is so good. The arrangement on this song is like so good. It's it's my favorite. It's perfect. I just love it so much. Um, it's so clever. I wanna know who did it. And their voices sound amazing. It sounds like they're like a band, like Fletcher and Nile are like the yeah. lead singers of some like rock band, uh I've listened to it a ton. I just think it's really well done and a really really different arrangement.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it was very unexpected. Like even the first like couple notes, you're like, what? This is it's lover. so different. Like, what is yeah. Happening? Yeah, I thought it sounded great. Um, I need to somehow get it on MP3 because I don't have Spotify. Oh, so. right. It let me listen to it, but I know it's not gonna let me listen to it like. Again, you know how it, like, doesn't <laughs> right. doesn't let you listen more than once and you have to listen to a whole bunch of other crap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, know, I really would love to do maybe a TDDL or something about this cover and, like, go in depth about mm-hmm. how it's different from the original because it is really different.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And I love when people make covers their own. Yeah.
1: Um, I would yeah, be I mean, very interested to know how much, like, Niall is in that sort of making of the, like, how, the arrangement and, like, how much, mm-hmm. you know... I he know. influences it.
0: Yeah, because this 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 one was really something else.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> to kind of wrap up this Nile discussion, um, we said Nile's albums coming out in a couple days. I mean, once this episode comes out, it's really not long at all. Um, do you have any last minute thoughts?
0: Um, I don't think so. I, like, haven't thought about it for the last few days, and now it's so exciting yeah. that we're getting it so soon. I know. I'm really excited to hear San Francisco.
1: Yeah. Are you going to be able to listen thing. in order, or are you going to jump to that one?
0: I'm going to listen in order. I always listen in order. Yeah. For, and just well, like for the boys. just, like, Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is that – are you going to spread it out?
1: Um, I guess you can't spread
0: it out too long because we're doing the – we're doing our recording only a couple of days after it comes out.
1: <laughs> I imagine I'll probably listen on the way to work and like maybe listen to every mm-hmm. song like twice through. I don't have that mm-hmm. long. I mean, my drive to work is like 40 minutes, but I probably mm-hmm. won't be able to listen to every song twice through, but um, maybe like listen a couple times to each one and then move on to the next one, but still going in order. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, but very excited to talk about it. Yes. All right. Um, Next topic is all about Harry. So we never mentioned, but he covered Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell when he was on BBC Radio 2. Uh, he also did Two Ghosts, a really, really pretty version. Um, and he changed up the lyrics to some of them and was like, we're talking to Zoe B and we're live from the BBC, uh, which I thought was cute. Um, yeah. And he also did Adore You and Watermelon Sugar. Um, so this is his first Joni Mitchell cover, correct? Mm hmm. That we've seen. What did you think? Well, I'm a big Joni Mitchell fan. So I
0: was pretty stoked to see him uh, doing this cover. I definitely would not have chosen this song. Mm mm-hmm. um, Only because it's been covered so many times.
1: Yeah. I think uh, I did. I, I knew the. A cover version more than i knew Joni's yeah version like
0: if anyone is like who's Johnny mitchell you're like big yellow taxi and they'd like big oh. O." um so i definitely would have liked to see a different song covered uh but that being said this cover was great and i loved getting it and i thought he did a really good job um, yeah agreed and yeah loved loved seeing it
1: i gotta say over this whole promo season harry's been doing so many different covers like yeah, We've gotten Joni Mitchell, Peter G- Gabriel, um, Lizzo. Like, we just have a li- really wide range, and we get to see him keep covering things, which I love. It makes me think, like, this is something... He loves covering songs, it seems like, so we're just going to continue mm-hmm. to get that as we see... Not um not Nile As we see Harry <laughs> go on with his career. It's not just like, oh, now he has enough songs, so he'll stop doing covers, you know? Right. He did the Paul McCartney at Christmas, like so many yeah yeah um Um, we're still waiting on the tiny desk concert (laughs) sad we don't get to talk about that on this episode (laughs) no i need that i hope it doesn't just disappear into the abyss that would be horrible it it can't no but
0: it is very frustrating that they're making us wait so long
1: yeah i wonder why they're waiting if they're gonna drop it like when tour starts or like when another music video comes out or it's gonna be i don't know I don't yeah. know what's going on, but I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry was also on NPR, and he said some stuff about Fine Line, and then I included some other random things about Fine Line as well, um, <clears throat> because it kind of all fit together that were from different interviews that he's done. Because he's done a lot of interviews, and I listened to a whole bunch of them, but kind of consolidated a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Lucia, do you
1: want to do you want to read all this? Because um, sure. I need a breath. Yeah just the first paragraph um or all of it all of it i think it kind of goes together
0: fine line i wrote during a gap in the tour it was january 2018 and i was at my friend tom's house who i work with and we just started strumming this thing and we started layering these vocals and it turned into this six minute thing i had it for a long time and i kept listening to it during the tour like i'd listen to it before i went to bed just sonically i loved the song and i loved the lyrics of the song when we wrote it, I kind of knew it was the last song on an, of an album, and we ended up taking it to Bath in England, where I was making this record for a while. I wanted it to turn into something else at the end. I wanted like a big crescendo ending. While we were in Bath, Sammy started playing this little thing on the piano, and I tweaked it a little bit, and I was like, that has to go at the end of Fine Line. Now when I listen to it, it's one of those things where I'm just proud that it's mine. I'm so happy. It's one of those songs that I've always wanted to make. The times when I was happiest were some of the happiest times of my life, and the times when I was sadder were some of the lowest times of my life, and I think that's kind of what the album's all about. Uh, sorry, these last few quotes are, are separated. I'm just reading them all together. Some of my most positive moments have been listening to the saddest songs. You get to the most emotional moments on the album, and they feel so uplifting. The ending feels quite optimistic to me, uh, the ending of Fine Line, feels quite optimistic to me, and... I felt like and felt like the perfect way to finish the record. It's that kind of fragility of motion and how fast it can change. That's why we ended up calling the album Fine Line.
1: Um, So I loved all this information we got specifically about Fine Line. I think it's both one of Lucia's and my favorite songs on the album. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously it being the title, it just makes me really curious about it and how the song itself was made and what it means to Harry, but how also that sort of theme of fine line carries on throughout the whole album. Um, and I feel like this gave some good insight. I especially liked how he talked about like, you know, he talked about the happiest times of his life and the saddest and how there's almost a fine line between that um, or like the sadness and the optimism and a fine line between that. Um, just sort of, the, he says the fragility of motion and how fast it can change. Do
0: and you think I, he,
1: do you think it's supposed to be em- emotion?
0: The fragility of emotion.
1: Yeah, I bet it is probably emotion. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the fragility of emotion, which makes sense. <clears throat> um. Um. But I, I like that, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know. It's definitely making me think of my own emotions and my own relationships in my life, and how sometimes there is a fine line between different emotions that seem so op- like oppositional. You know. Yep um what are your thoughts on all this
0: um i love this i really really enjoyed this interview unfortunately i, f- I can't think of the woman's name right now who, who interviewed him but i really loved her interview style i feel like the questions she asked him and just like the way she was talking to him was just really mm-hmm. nice
1: yeah
0: um i listened to it a while ago so I, I i'm not remembering who it was now but it was great um And I love this kind of information about how, why they ended up calling the album Fine Line because it's really about those, that, those moments of like the saddest songs can be the most uplifting at times. Mm -hmm. I think it's like kind of that concept of like the most, like when you're really deep in emotion, um, just like the power you can feel, Mm -hmm. where it's like, even if it's like a sad event, it can still be more like fulfilling. Yeah. Um, like kind of when you, I don't know. I think of like moments, like moments in death that you can like feel the most love, mm-hmm. um, even though it's like a, a, a horrible event. It's like you feel the most love in those instances, just because yeah. you're really in that emotion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I feel like yeah, you can kind of see that throughout the album, especially on on Fine Line, how it has the the ending, the big epic ending that with those horns that really does like feel uplifting
1: yeah even though you're For kind of sure. sad
0: while well, you're listening you're sad and happy
1: yeah yeah fine line is just such a good song we're definitely mm-hmm. gonna have to do like an episode about like all the themes of fine line on the whole album. oh yeah yeah so good
0: and i forgot to read this last quote but harry talked about how if he went back to school he would want want to be a therapist now i
1: loved that
0: mm-hmm. i
1: turned to my mom and i was like see mom this is why harry and i would work okay okay <laughs> He would be a great therapist. I think he would be, yeah. Yeah. He's super introspective, and I think he cares a lot about helping other people. And he does, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, And then finally, we have Harry's interview with Howard Stern, which was, hmm, <laughs> it was like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of good stuff Harry said, um, but Howard Stern was super annoying and very sexist, and it was hard to get through some of it. You just wanted to be like, shut up.
0: Yeah, it was a super, super cringey, super cringy hour yeah. and a half of content.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was just so much of him like prodding at Harry to get him to say stuff about like sleeping with women and, and this and that and just like really degrading women. Um, and not, like, giving them their own, like, identity. And yeah, I just, I was so annoyed. <sighs> but, um, yeah, so be aware of that if you go in to listen. <laughs> like, there's some yeah. really not great parts. <laughs> yeah, it's quite cringy. Um, and,
0: yeah, Howard Stern just kind of, like, a gross blah, character. Yeah. Um, he kind of relies on it. It's He's kind of, like, one of those people who just, like, seems like he, like, stopped... Learning at one point and is now like <laughs> on purpose not learning anything else. You know, right? Like he's he, he yeah. like decided like this is my shtick and so I'm not gonna like try right. to like evolve or grow as a person anymore yeah. on purpose, which is it's very unattractive quality. Yeah, um, and I feel it's like it's you like can. Like if, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. I was gonna say it kind of proves the point when you if you go on Twitter and search like. Harry stern don't do it but if you do <laughs> you'll see a couple people talking about how the interview grossed them out and then if you look at the replies you see all the all the men um and their responses of like "Ooh, someone hit a nerve didn't we or like you know just these these oh my god like really you know people trying to kind of be inflammatory and, and dismissive yeah. uh of people's feelings and it, it kind of just proves the point you know
1: yeah <clears throat> super annoying i wish he'd done an hour and a half interview with the person for npr like i know she was amazing like you could have picked anyone yeah
0: also he he just like on
1: howard stern again harry seems so uncomfortable at points his whole band seemed his whole band seems mitch seems so uncomfortable like his i was watching his face um and and
0: um howard stern also just like kept interrupting harry like he would literally ask him a question and mid answer harry was like in the middle of answering and and howard would just go into the next question yeah. um without waiting for him to finish <laughs> so the answer
1: which was kind of annoying yeah um the good parts of the interview harry mm-hmm. covered sledgehammer by peter Gra- gabriel and did adore you as well mm-hmm. um i don't really know peter gabriel or the song sledgehammer that much like i've heard of it but I wasn't like, oh, my God, this is my favorite song ever. Um, but Harry yeah. seemed to really like it. He said they like actually recorded, I think, at Peter Gabriel's studio or something and blast mm-hmm. the song when they were recording his album. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wanted to perform it, which means like he's had it in his pocket for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the cover?
0: I thought it was so good. I feel like
1: Harry's vocals in the beginning
0: were like some of his best ever. Mm.
1: Um,
0: the very beginning of the verse, they were... Yeah, incredible yeah um also the one good thing about about um Howard Stern is that his whoever does the sound like mixing like the sound engineer is very good um so like when you listen to this song it's like mixed really well it just Mm -hmm. sounds amazing um like the quality of record whatever you know recording and devices they use and whoever's in charge of that unlike James Corden's
1: show where I feel like so many of the performances like you can't even hear the singer; it just like sounds yeah. so drowned out.
0: Yeah, but like this, yeah, this one sounded really good. Um, and yeah, I don't, I'm not a big Peter Gabriel person. Um, I know the song, but I'm not like super familiar mm-hmm. with it. Um, but it was really fun. I feel like their cover was great. Um, and one interesting thing that I noted in "Adore You," and I have to kind of go back now. I feel like I thought that the the bass, I thought that was a thi- a synth. Um. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the the opening um, – that opening, like, bass line. Mm-hmm. I think when we talked about the song, I thought it was, like, a synth. And maybe it is, and they changed it up for the live version. But mm-hmm. when you watch the Howard Stern um, performances, the other nice thing about that is that they show a lot of the musicians, the band. Yeah. Um, and so you could see that the, the, actually the that Adam, the bass player, was doing that line on the bass, and it was actually a bass line. Um, so that was – Pretty cool to see and now I want to like listen to the song again mm-hmm. and see like if it actually sounds like a bass line or yeah. if um, I'm
1: yeah. But I loved how you could see um like Charlotte and Nye or mm-hmm. I think yeah, both of them. Like Charlotte was doing like the flute in Sledgehammer with the keyboard and Nye mm-hmm. was doing like horns or something. Mm-hmm. And it made me um, hopeful that on tour we'll still get horn sounds for, like, fine line. Um, yeah. And but like, it made
0: me feel like, oh, we're probably not going to bring horns on tour
1: because yeah. they'll just do it with the keyboard. <laughs> I didn't think that they would, given that they haven't been bringing them around. Yeah. Um. So that is disappointing that we don't get live horns. But at least we'll still get the sound of it. I was scared they would just alter all the songs and not have any, like right and but i'm thinking that's why they had have two keyboardists now you know i mean i know Nada plays a couple instruments she also plays guitar um but i think that's probably why too they need more people because there's just more instruments that need to be incorporated who knows Mm -hmm. maybe one of them will break out a trumpet yeah (laughs) that would be cool (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) um a couple of quotes from this interview Harry talked about going to therapy um he said it's uh well he was kind of just saying he just wants to have one therapist in LA um not have two um but he was talking about he said it's nice to have um one person who is a vessel and who I can tell everything to um mm-hmm. and he was talking about how sort of it took him a while to start therapy and he kind of like wasn't he was kind of avoiding it um but then he realized it's just like being able to talk about all your feelings and talk to someone who's gonna just like listen to you and keep it a secret and yeah (laughs) he said that that's been like really helpful for him um so I thought that was great um he's been talking about going to therapy quite a bit which Mm -hmm. i love um at one point Harry said, it's Sarah's band. I'm just the front man of Sarah's band. Yes. <laughs> kind of an out of context quote, but the context wasn't great. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I liked that. Um, and then uh, Harry also talked about playing the album to. Um, 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 why am I blanking on her name? Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. <laughs> Do you want to read this quote, <laughs> Lucia? Yeah.
0: I played her the new album when it was finished. It kind of happened a little more random. I'd never really played her my stuff before, and she was in London, and she wakes up pretty late, and she wanted to go to dinner. So I took her to this Indian restaurant near my house, and then she was with all her ladies, her witch's coven, and they came back to my house. I played them the album, and they all wake up really late, and they live through the night because they're all witches, and it was getting like 3 a.m., and I was like, I'm getting kind of tired, and they were like, it's daytime for us. They left at like 6 a.m., and it was day out, and I was like, I'm exhausted.
1: <laughs> that
0: is such <laughs> a funny this.
1: quote. <laughs> I know. I think um Howard Stern was the one who first called them a witches' coven, but then uh-huh. Harry, Harry joined in. Um, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I just like this. Also, like Harry going to Indian food with – um, stevie nicks like at their mm-hmm. at their local restaurant pretty cool
0: i also love the way that the way he said this quote it was getting like 3 a.m and i was like I'm getting, I'm getting tired and they were like it's daytime for us <laughs> and i was like i'm exhausted <laughs> this
1: is so good yeah you you can't go to bed if stevie nicks is there listening to your album no <laughs> you gotta figure it out and pull yourself together i love that yeah she's like a completely nocturnal (laughs) (laughs) so
0: funny seems right though
1: yeah it really does (laughs) um and just whenever he talks about stevie nicks he's like i'm always thinking of myself as like that 10 year old boy singing along to like dreams in the car or whatever yeah um so he just he really revere is that the word to revere someone Uh, i think that's right maybe reverie (laughs) Reverie, yeah um yeah, that's about it. I had for the Howard Stern interview. Do you have more to add, Lucia? Yeah, I have a couple things. Um, we obviously uh, aren't
0: super going into the annoying parts of the interview. Um, I guess if you guys want us to, we can. Um, <laughs> but uh, a couple things I thought were interesting. Um, when he was talking about Rob Stringer, the head of Columbia, um, his record label and how he kind of got to have as much freedom as he wanted. Um, and I couldn't entirely tell if he was saying it in a way where he was like, cause he mentioned hearing other artists talk about blaming their label for things or being angry with their label. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't super clear if he was talking about it. Like, I don't know why those people do that because my label's great. Or if he was saying like, I'm really lucky because I have mm-hmm. an amazing label. Um, but I thought it was interesting because I think Harry, um, I mean, rightfully so, because I think he, like, uh, has really good relationship skills um, and has obviously like built relationships with people in a really specific way. Um, but you know, the fact that he got to kind of have as much freedom as he wanted, I think, is not normal. And no. I think he got that because he's like in a very privileged space where like, yeah. of course, that of Columbia is like, uh, yeah, I I got Harry Styles. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was kind of like, oh, yeah, I hear other people talking about, you know, how they're mad at their label. But I'm like, yeah, other people don't have the luxury that you were afforded. So mm-hmm. um I think he maybe was kind of saying that a little bit. It was kind of unclear the way that it was presented because um this interview was like very fast paced because Howard just kept like interrupting him yeah. to go to the next question. Um, but I just thought that was interesting to mention because I also was remembering um, when Niall was on um, Ezra, I keep wanting to call him Ezra Miller, but it's definitely not Ezra Miller. Um, what is his name?
1: I don't know.
0: Really? No. Hold on. I have to. Was have it to. a show? <laughs> He's a, a musician. He has a podcast. Uh... Um, oh, my God. I, I. How am I not? How am I not remembering his name? Klein? No. That's
1: someone else on a podcast I'm looking at right now.
0: <laughs> it's George Ezra.
1: Oh, George Ezra. That's why I couldn't yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. remember. Um, anyways, when he was talking to Niall, they were talking about that, about how when you're a bigger musician, you get a lot more freedom. You can kind of take however. Mm-hmm. Like, they were talking about Adele, I think, taking, like, five years to write an album. Right. Whereas if you're someone who's just been signed, like, they're like, you have to put out an album at, by this date, by this right. deadline. Um, yeah so I thought that was
1: interesting and then yeah and um, Harry talked about how with the 1D first album I mm-hmm. I like Harry was trying to be like okay so Howard Stern was like yeah they didn't trust you to write your first like One Direction album they just thought oh what does this guy know and Harry was yeah. like yeah but I didn't know anything <laughs> he was like, so, like to be
0: fair they did know more than us right like we're there's s-
1: always this idea of like the boys were forced into writing their fir- or not participating in their first album blah 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 Harry's like no it wasn't like that like I think, I like Harry offering a bit more perspective of, I think there's all these really negative, like, random rumors tied to, like, a lot of the early One Direction stuff. And Harry's like, we mm-hmm. didn't know what we were doing. Like, I didn't care. I was just excited to be, like, a part of this band. Yeah. You know? Um, and Howard, like, kept trying to make it a problem. And Harry's mm-hmm. like, no, <laughs> that's not how it was.
0: Yeah. I mean, could you have written an entire album when you were 16?
1: Right. And, like, not coming from, like, a musical background where you, like, have been doing that forever or don't have, like, mentors. Like, you've literally just been thrown in. Like, there's no mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, It made me sad when Harry was talking
0: about being a little chubby working at the bakery.
1: <laughs> what did he say? What was the word? He said I he... a little timber. <laughs> timber. I was like, I'm he said puppy fat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that kind of bummed me out. Yeah. Um, and also makes me really curious about Harry's body image feelings because mm. oh, he's sure. always been like very fit and he mm-hmm. obviously goes to the gym a lot. Um, and it was interesting. I've never heard him talk about his, him, his appearance or his weight like that. Yeah. Cause Her- Howard was basically like, Oh, you were really attractive in high school, weren't you? And he's like, yeah, well, I, I had a little." I timber. almost feel
1: like it was like a, a try to like a rejection to what Howard was trying to say. But like it also, to-
0: but it also reveals a truth. As oh, well. for sure. You know,
1: I I hated what H- Howard was trying to be like sexualizing Harry as a sixteen year old. I was yeah. just like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, the whole thing, yeah, was 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 not great. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the way that Harry talks about um drugs and substance use. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when he when he talks about like because he's talked about um taking mushrooms and i feel like he makes a point to kind of say that he thinks if you're taking drugs in a recreational way to like expand your creativity or like you know you're in a happy space and you want to you know have fun that that he feels okay with and that, that it's not using it as like an escape from reality and that if you're using it as an escape from reality that that's a little bit can be a little bit more dangerous yeah i just appreciate that because um he's not out there, like, lying and being, like, right. you know, not, like, saying or, – or being, like, you know, oh, drugs are bad. But he's also not, like, oh, yeah, you know, I take drugs. Like, it's all good because a lot of people have substance abuse issues and, mm-hmm. you know, drugs can be really bad. <laughs> so I just really appreciate that. It's a small thing, but I feel like he does it on purpose. He kind of said yeah. – he said that a few times, like, kind of made it clear that, like, he is aware that, um, you know – There's a way to use drug size that is safe, and and, um, I like that. Um, And then I really loved hearing his robbery story. I mean, obviously, (laughs) it was, like, a dramatic experience, but it was, like, very thrilling to listen to, Uh the play-by-play. And also, can you, like, I can't even imagine, like, the YN story where you're driving in your car harry styles runs into traffic and tries to get in your car i let him in too
1: bad it wasn't like a fan who would have like known i bet those two people have seen the story and they're kicking themselves for not letting Harry in their car
0: (laughs) i just thought that was so
1: yeah yeah also the fact that harry like like didn't want to unlock his phone because he has got so much like
0: oh god lyrics
1: and videos and all that like it would have been terrible to unlock your phone but also not great to be staffed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but man, he was lucky. Seriously.
0: Um, I loved hearing Mitch talk. Uh, yeah, I feel like cool. we don't
1: often hear him talk. Yeah. Mitch and Sarah mm-hmm. and Nye and Charlotte all talked, I think. I don't know. Adam yep. may have talked to.
0: Yeah. I really loved the, the, focus on the band like they ask the band some questions i would i would love to hear more like i want Same. i would love a, a group interview with them all together like that because it's really mm-hmm. different than like you know doing an interview with like one of the band members kind of on their own but like having them they all gotta together. stick them
1: all on a long couch like one direction exactly
0: yeah i would love that because i really liked you know everything all of them had to say um mm. and especially like hearing mitch kind of talk about um like his his open d tuning and like Meet I Me in the Hallway. I no
1: idea what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's
0: just like a – it's just a tune – a certain tuning of the guitar strings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he was talking about how he was, like, into – into a lot of, like, Nick Drake stuff, who I've gotten really into, like, in the last year or so. Um, mm-hmm. And then he mentioned Meet Me, meet me in the Hallway, um, which I now want to go back and listen to. And I wonder if there's, like, you know, similar sounds and, like, maybe the way that – Um like, the tuning of the guitars are in that song. Because I – when I listen to that song, I, like, notice those guitars and how deep Mm -hmm. and low they sound. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's, like, probably a Nick Drake type of tuning Mm. where this, like – anyways. I feel like I need to go back and listen to that now. (laughs) Maybe I'll have more coherent thoughts next time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it is cool to get that musical side of things. Yeah,
0: I feel like we don't get it a lot because a lot of people – you know, are obviously interviewing Harry because he's, it's his, you know, it's, it's his songs, but I feel like Mm -hmm. he really has one of those bands who contribute a lot. um, Yeah, for sure. Partially to the songwriting. to the live
1: arrangements and Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm sure. And like, I think each of them do different like solos and like, I know Mitch has written on so many of the songs and the music to a whole bunch of songs and... Yeah. I think they let them have a lot of creative freedom. Sarah's talked about doing drum solos in the songs or have mm-hmm. heard about that. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that part was really cool. Um and then I wrote a couple things down that made me uh cringe. <laughs> but sure. maybe we don't need to go into all of them. I feel like the, the biggest the biggest thing is just like I feel like A, Howard Stern had this like narrative where he was like i want to like psychoanalyze harry's life for him
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i saw a comment on youtube where someone said uh like howard stern is trying to explain harry's life to him and then wants him to agree with him Yeah, and it really exactly seemed like what
1: that. it was he was like um, trying to be like Harry's got daddy issues and Harry's like yeah hey, I have a good relationship with my dad and he's like Harry only likes the start of relationships and then they end and it's because he has this complex and Harry's like actually I really like when you get to like right. out of the honeymoon <laughs> phase and you're yeah. like in the sort of like we're just trusting each other phase.
0: Yeah literally all of his takes were wrong. Yeah. um, And he even That's talked so about right. like you know you're writing these songs about women like people there must be all this speculation on like who it's about and it's like. Do you know anything about his last album? Because we know <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what his songs are about, right? Um, and then also, I feel like Howard Stern just was confused by Harry not being a garbage person. <laughs> like he literally had <laughs> He's this quote used to
1: associating himself. With I guess so.
0: Problems. He had this quote where he literally said. You could f over any woman you want, and by f over I mean really hurt them. And yet you seem to be able to say no to yourself. Like what the?
1: <laughs> like what is that? So many you, of those
0: like, like you, you, you really want to hurt people. Like that just yeah. doesn't make any sense. He's like, yeah, you could really hurt someone, and and yet, and yet you seem to be able to say no to your to to yourself, as yeah. if Harry has some, as if any man has has a desire to hurt women right emotionally there were so
1: many of that things what? he's like you're so rich you could get any woman and yet you yeah. decide not to <laughs> you could do this you could do this and yet you don't like as if it's like a big deal that he like yeah. he like That's as so if weird. not most good people don't
0: yeah <laughs> so bizarre it was very odd he was just so <laughs> perplexed that <laughs> harry wasn't uh i don't know a horrible person yeah um so yeah
1: <laughs> but, it's really on another level
0: <laughs> yeah i do feel i i you know it's frustrating because obviously i think the good things you get out of out of howard stern is like the the music side of things because mm-hmm. they did have a focus on the band and the sound engineering was really good i don't watch any other howard stern interviews because i just he grosses mm-hmm. me out um but um Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Actually, what was I saying? You get
1: the music good things, but you get the sexism on the side. Yeah. Much. Yeah, I guess I was just
0: going to say that that yeah. And I think it's it's like I don't know why Harry decided to go on the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Um he's known for, you know, his whole thing is like the shock, the shock value. Um he says things to try to be like inflammatory and that's kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. Um So, given that, it was kind of interesting to see that Harry decided to go on that show. Um, Harry's done a couple interesting moves. That and, like, doing the Super Bowl thing. Um, I think he's just trying to get out there um, in different venues. Um, But I do think he handled himself pretty well. And I think he held his own, for the most part, um, against Howard Stern. Like, I think he was able to kind of push back a little bit um i wish that he would have a little bit more um like with the therapist talk um it sounds like they maybe took this out of the main the, the released version or something someone said that i don't know it was in the version i heard Same. um but he was talking about uh Harry's, Harry was saying, you know, oh, my therapist is a woman, and he said... He started to say, like, oh, I don't like that, and Harry was like, nope, nope, I'm just going to say no right there before you go on. And, yeah.
1: then he,
0: and then he was like, well, listen to what I have to say, and then Harry was like, okay. um, So I think he, like, did did push back a mm-hmm. little bit and did pretty good, but I would have liked him to to be a little bit more... <laughs> push, yeah. push back a little bit more.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That part was horrible. It was pretty
0: gross. And also, I feel like... um. I don't know. I like. I I couldn't tell if Howard Stern like knows that he's making everyone uncomfortable, or if like in his mind he's like, "Oh, this is a great interview," right? Um, Or like, "I'm
1: being funny." Like everyone's yeah. Like I know men who think that's funny.
0: Right. Yeah. So maybe he's just like,
1: "Oh, I was just joking. It was just a joke," you know? Like, shut up.
0: So maybe he's just like so hung up on himself that he thinks that he didn't notice that it was making everyone uncomfortable and he really thought it was just great. He has that woman on his show with him who just, like, laughs at everything he does. She was annoying as so hell. He, yeah, he obviously has, like, a, a lot of yes men around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, as an out- outside perspective, like, like when you watch the actual video recording of the performance, like, everyone looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so, it was odd. But, yeah, I feel like he was trying to get Harry to badmouth someone, Uh, I'd say something mean about someone. That was, like, his entire agenda for the whole, um, episode, and Harry did not do it one Mm -hmm. time because he's good.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) And that was probably just pretty disappointing for Howard Stern.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Um,
0: but he also just, like, said such weird things, like, um, at the beginning, Harry was talking about his family and how his parents got divorced, but he his dad was really supportive of him and his and his stepdad he had a great relationship with him and he's really lucky because all of his parents have been amazing um and then you know at one point howard's like you know your dad left so you have daddy issues uh which is just like his dad didn't leave and saying someone has daddy issues just because their parents got divorced is very odd thing to say um, he
1: just was really pushing his own narrative.
0: He was really pushing, yeah, And then at one point he mentioned Robin, Harry's stepdad, and he was like, he was like, he died. And Harry was like, yeah, and then he just like moves on. Um, yeah. And then he made a joke about his piano teacher committing suicide. Uh, and then like the woman who does the show with him was like, oh, yeah, because he heard because she heard you playing or something. Um, which I think any at any point making a joke o- about suicide, um, when it comes out of nowhere, is kind of weird um yeah. and then especially in light of the fact that someone who at least at one point was close to harry recently died from suicide is like bleh.
1: just yeah, really not cool
0: yeah just like i don't know it was an odd time um but that's all i have on that
1: well thank you for that recap you definitely did more work than me <laughs> well i, I just <laughs>
0: listened to it like right before we were started recording. I w- probably wouldn't, have, wouldn't have listened to it if we weren't doing this show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was rough. <laughs> I would not listen again. Um, all right, that's it for today's episode. Do you have a recommendation today, Lucia? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to recommend, um, certain episodes of Dax Shepard's podcast. Um, so he has a podcast. He's um, Kristen uh, Kristen Bell's husband. He's also an actor. Um, but they are doing this series called Monica and Jess Love Boys. And there's four parts that are out. And it's about Monica and Jess, uh, two people who have trouble in relationships. <laughs> Monica, uh, like, has trouble finding relationships because she um like just has a there's a lot of things that surround her not like being able to get in relationships sort of self-doubt but also like she is really comfortable and happy in her own life and then jess almost uh is kind of the opposite where he like he sees lots of people he sleeps around a lot um and he wants to not do that so like they both are wanting things that are different in their lives. So like if they were both happy with what they had, it would be great, but they're both unhappy with they have. So it's about them sort of giving each other challenges and trying to change their unhealthy habits that are not bringing them fulfillment. Um, And Kristen Bell's on an episode, Dak Shepard's on an episode. Um, They have a therapist on an episode who sort of talks about their, their problems a bit. Although the therapist is, uh, a little bit too Freudian for me His mm-hmm. some of his stuff was not sort of what is current in psychology today mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there was some good stuff he had to say but some of the stuff about relationships with parents and You know, oh, you're doing this now because you had problems with your dad when you were five years old. Like, it's just, that's not how it works. Um, But I'm really enjoying it. And if you have any sort of relationship problems, you're definitely going to find something you relate to um, between these two sort of extremes of love life. So Mm. I recommend that series. I'll check it out. Yeah. I I do have a recommendation because you
0: reminded me of a TV show called Made in Heaven uh it came out uh last year and they're doing a second season but i don't know when it's airing um it is a drama and it's about um it's based in india and it's about these two um people who run a wedding planning business um Ooh, and they have like a rival uh business and they so each episode is kind of centered around a wedding that they plan um when I was going into it, I was kind of expecting it to be, like, kind of soap opera-y and, like, oh, fun drama. Um, mm. And it got so serious. Uh, but it's very, very good. It's really good. It is really entertaining. Just be warned because in, like, the later episodes, there is um, some – one of the one of the wedding planners is a, a gay man. And um, there are some, like, storylines about – being a gay man in india and there is some definitely like really intense um kind of violent violent homophobic stuff so be careful if you watch it because i definitely wasn't expecting that um oh, but it's really good it's really really good um and that that yeah the actors are 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 awesome and the obviously the the, the set um is very elaborate in a lot of the,
1: the episodes so mm-hmm. yeah i would definitely recommend well, thank you for that recommendation. Yeah. Um, let us know what you guys thought of this episode and especially with Niall's album coming out tomorrow for you guys. Um, send us your thoughts on Twitter and we'll include them on our Nile episode, which we're recording um, this coming weekend. I believe Sunday night. Um, so send us your thoughts and we mm-hmm. will read them on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to episode 213 of Talk Direction. You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. You could go to our Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com, or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection. You can also follow us individually on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Caitlin IR Foster, and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Lucia, where can they find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H.
1: And then if you would like to support us, you can go to our Patreon.com slash Talk Direction where we do Talk Direction down low, um, which is that extra 30-minute episode. And today we're talking about HS1 songs versus HS2 songs, breaking down each of the boys' albums in different sides and trying to pick which side we choose if we could only pick one. Um, it's going to be fun over there. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can leave us a review to help more people discover the show. And we're on SoundCloud as well. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 214. Bye. Bye.